0: the Scaling Japan podcast. A podcast about how to grow your business from $100,000 beyond and beyond. In the land of the rising sun.
1: Welcome to the Scaling Japan podcast. I am your host Tyson, and on today's show we have Arisa Chelsea Ueno on the podcast. Arisa has a solid background in the new business generation and e-commerce space, not only in Japan, but all over the world. She was actually the first employee for Shopify Japan and cultivated a new ecosystem of e-commerce and activated thousands of domestic and cross-border businesses. Since 2019, she has been engaging companies as an independent consultant to support tech startups and new business generation. She has done lectures and taught classes for startup programs at Vantum Design Institute on the topic of e-commerce. Since 2021, she has been working as a global investment analyst at Plug and Play Tech Center based in Silicon Valley, California. So, so glad to have you on the episode today.
0: Yeah, likewise, I'm very excited to be on this podcast thank you for having me
1: so i'm really excited to have arisa because she was the first employee of shopify japan but also i've heard a lot of good things from many people that if when it comes to e-commerce she is the lady to go to and uh, she really knows her stuff so i'm really excited and i've been looking forward to this chat for five weeks now and uh, the reason i chose the topic of e-commerce you know d2c as well is I think it's something that a lot of foreigners would like to do in Japan,
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: it's pretty hard to do. And I've had quite a few people reach out for this specific topic. But just to give kind of an introduction, what is like some of the differences between e-commerce versus doing retail in person?
0: I guess like retail is very broad definition, including e-commerce, but also having the actual retail shop. That means like retail businesses. And it also means that like the person who sell something doesn't mean they produce the product. So that can be the fashion store, or that can be the pharmacy, anything person just distribute to consumers. But when it comes to e-commerce, definitely that's okay. E means like, oh yeah, online. So whenever you buy and sell, that's e-commerce. So Amazon, Uber Eats, e-commerce. But there are two different things. One is D2C, direct to consumer. And second one is marketplace. So when it comes to the e-commerce, especially the Japanese context, that you will hear a lot of like terms, D2C, and marketplace.
1: What do you think are some of the benefits of doing e-commerce?
0: I will say like for long term, It's really great investment, even though it takes a little bit of initial cost. But when it comes to the actual physical businesses, a lot of people and businesses face a very hard situation, during the COVID-19 situation, they have to shut down. But then e-commerce, it's been going well. And so any kind of weather or those like pandemic situation, e-commerce is still there. And once you can get direction or uh, with like good marketing, you can also like reach to like the people wherever they are. So that means even if you're in Japan or even in, out of Japan or whatever, you can sell to anyone. You can buy anything from anywhere. So that's the biggest thing about e-commerce.
1: Yeah, in our case, I think COVID made running an English language school physically Mm -hmm. quite a big challenge. And uh, COVID really pushed us to move online as well. And one of the cool things that we figured out kind of moving forward is now that our service is online, we have people all over Japan Mm -hmm. taking our lessons. Mm -hmm. And if we were to make a physical school in another city, Mm -hmm. right now we mainly focus on Tokyo we would actually know which place has the highest concentration of students. Mm. So if we were to build the next location, we actually have all the data of like where in Japan people are at. And so the yeah. launch of a physical location would actually be way more successful based on our e-commerce or might be a little bit different, but just providing lessons online.
0: Yeah. So I guess like after pandemic, a lot of things changed but some of them are actually changed in a positive way. So when it comes to the e-commerce, it was a very interesting moment that I actually got reached by the, the one specific bar, which I really liked from Kabukicho in Shinjuku, very small bar, you know, because they had to shut down the store and then they trying to build online store for their, you know, specific drink. I kind of like a little bit like helped out Nobody expected, like, I will get the message from the the specific bar in the kabuki show, and, like, wow. (laughs) So, it's we have to also pay attention to the positive aspect of the yeah, what pandemic gave us,
1: and you can get access to like really high quality stuff or really interesting goods that you never had the chance to. So, yes, so that's what I really like about that. I think Mm. for the challenges, I think they're pretty obvious. I can kind of skip that. So I guess like in the US, if you were to sell, like you'd probably use Amazon, Big Commerce maybe, or Shopify. But what are some of the channels used in Japan typically?
0: When it comes to a little bit small, like businesses, especially the D2C, and when people are not making profit from selling something, yet in that case, a lot of people choosing between or base or um, store.jp or Shopify these days, especially for the base and store.jp, it doesn't cost any money to start off. People have to just pay once they actually sell something. So yeah, it's really easier for anyone to start off. So that's really common, but other one is a Squarespace, Wix, workplace as well
1: one of the big reasons i really wanted to speak to you on d2c and e-commerce is really understand the differences between maybe how someone would do it maybe in america or europe versus uh, japan Mm -hmm. but uh, based on your experience like what are the the differences in the website creation
0: the one thing i can definitely say is like being simple website sometimes doesn't work in japan for example the um, when it comes to the website design of Starbucks or Uniqlo, definitely um, they use a different design for Japanese audience and like non-Japanese, like usual, you know, English speaking, Western countries audience. And some Japanese people love a lot of information. So when, when you go to Rakuten uh, Ichiba, Rakuten marketplace, in Japanese in for the Japanese market, you see a lot of messy information, but that's sometimes we can call that that's a design for (laughs) specific Japanese audience.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. In the West, I think we call it a minimalist design Mm, mm. for the people listening to the podcast. Minimalism is a popular design style for websites on the West. So I actually help some of my clients with website designs as well. And mm-hmm. through my research studying Japanese ones, also, I think a good way to study, to be honest, is if you get Facebook ads in Japanese <laughs> and they look like they're from a professional company, click on it. <laughs> one unique thing I saw is usually on a minimalist, you'll only mention one thing one time mm-hmm. and maybe you'll mention one thing two times at most. But in a lot of Japanese ones, especially like fitness or like services, businesses, to consumers, not to business, it'll be the same thing just <laughs> said in different ways, like three times. <laughs> and like if you check up a site like Rise Up, which is a really famous uh, fitness company.
0: Oh, yeah. Like,
1: or like Toray's or Rise Up or Toray's <laughs> is an English one, you're like, wow, this is so long. Yeah. But instead of having like two call to actions, they might actually have like eight to 10 call to actions.
0: Yeah, so we say LP, that means like landing page. So once someone click the link, and then that goes to the really long, long pages. And then like you said, like you will see your action, a call to action button like so many times. But I can say uh, it's a one of the traditional e-commerce business website. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I
1: think the other one is I think they use a lot more JPEGs in Japan. Like they pre-design. <laughs> like a lot of the websites, it's actually instead of elements or modules, they yeah. save JPEGs. And, uh Yeah.
0: So that's why sometimes a font is so different from actual font they're using in the text and also the font on the image.
1: Also, I think that the other difference is, uh, I think the price comparisons are like the plan comparisons.
0: Mm. I
1: think how they organize it is different. Mm. More space in Western design, but
0: Mm. it's very
1: like squished together in Japanese design.
0: (laughs) Yes, a lot of information all together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty knowledgeable about the website, but I'm actually curious, like what are the differences like in the photos and videos used?
0: These days, actually the videos, I mean, you see a lot of videos everywhere right now. But when it comes to the e-commerce, especially D2C businesses, yeah, you will see a lot of videos, uh, advertisement like a lot too. Also because, for example, when it comes to Shopify, they got integrated with Instagram and YouTube and TikTok directly. So that's also makes everyone easier to use video for their e-commerce businesses and especially to show the product you know like 360 degree oh,
1: it makes perfect sense yeah <laughs> and how about for maybe the copywriting end
0: mm. yes copywriting uh it's also very different when it comes to like english copywriting and japanese for example i also had to deal with a translation, but at the same time, combined with a copywriting aspect, when we trying to launch a Shopify website for a Japanese audience, even say a company want to mention, oh, we are the number one company, or we are the best product, blah, 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 but we cannot like advertise one company or one product in that way in Japanese. It's too arrogant, like it's, you know, not great. We have to be a little bit humble. (laughs) We don't sell we are number one. No, Uh we we should put some Japanese context in that term. So it's very complex.
1: (laughs) That makes sense. I've never seen anyone say they're number one. I've seen people, Mm. they use like, I think it's Japan Consumer Awards. I forgot what they sometimes use like badges from Mm. other
0: people. Yeah.
1: Like best, but it's not from them. It's someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. It's also often common to see like, oh, 90% people choose this company or choose this product. Uh, Or in terms of the ranking, we are the top. And yeah, with using the third party information, like it's more, I don't know, confident for the company to advertise themselves. But that never ever they say, like, we're number one best product ever. Yeah. So I guess that's a very different thing.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Japan. In addition to serving as your fine host, I also provide advisory and coaching services to business owners who want to 2x, 5x, and even 10x their business. So stop holding your company and your team and your employees back and let me help you and your company scale. Find more information at scalingyourcompany.com. Now back to the episode. No, that's really interesting. And are there any <laughs> other points in copywriting where you receive something from maybe headquarters, but you have to change it for the localization?
0: I guess it's not Maybe numbers, maybe not only just a copywriting, but more for the translation, like digital translation, But because our katakana, hiragana, those Japanese letters, sometimes hankaku, zenkaku, that -hmm. means like double space or just single space. But in alphabet, that's only just single space. So it's very hard for the the non japanese developer understanding how they understand the word and word without having spaces <laughs> or different like usage of the space it was very hard to communicate and um, make everything understood by entire team also yes numbers like how we count the numbers are also different if we just put the numbers, it's okay. But when it comes to the, okay, 100,000 USD uh, like, or currency, gotcha. or, wow, that's like we need a different way to show. And <laughs>
1: that makes sense because you, you were to say like Juman or 100,000.
0: Yeah. yeah. But they'll yeah. be like,
1: well, there's only a 10. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, yes. That's very hard. Oh. And I'm like, oh, how we use, if the sentence is too long, And, like, we have to, okay, when we put the space or when we put this, like, another line, and if it's too short, oh, that balance doesn't look good, blah, blah, blah.
1: They're going with the balanced view of, let's say, I guess, the West. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on spacing? Like, I can't remember, but I I did check out, like, Starbucks Mm -hmm. Japan and Starbucks U.S. Mm -hmm. And, like, but there's, like, a slight difference in spacing. Like it was like Mm. a centimeter difference. Like this whole section was the same. It was just this like one centimeter difference in spacing. I can't remember why, but do you have any thoughts on spacing?
0: It's about like hankaku, zenkaku. I think it should be in English, like single space and double space. When we use numbers, we also have different numbers. (laughs) Hankaku number and then zenkaku numbers. It's a very different spacing. This can be a little bit, like, not general topic when it comes to we only use English. Then, like, oh, we never pay attention to the spacing, the size, and but we have different type of space, actually.
1: Do you have any other tips on conversion rate optimization? And for the listeners, all that means is how to increase the conversion rate of your website. I'll give you some time to think about it, but in my case, at least at least mm. on language space... Some other ones are, like, uh, help some fitness gyms as well. It's uh, mm. having the number mm. that's uh, locked to the top. So, like, having mm. the phone number in Japan is really important.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I found that it has a really big impact. And the other one is usually most companies would be, like, obsessed with putting discounts. So, I think oh. that's fine. But just putting a small, like, locked banner at the bottom, even on yeah. mobile. And they can just click here to contact us, or here's the phone number, contact us. Mm. Just having that thing at the bottom, I've noticed like a 1% increase in conversion rate in some cases.
0: Yeah. When it comes to the Japanese audience, like we use the concept of holding hands step by step. That really means that customer support, like generally speaking, the expectation from the Japanese audience is too much you know, like a little bit high. And so when it comes to the advertisement, we have to really <laughs> prepare everything for them. While like other countries sometimes like do it yourself and it's more, you know, like gives them like more freedom. But Japanese people sometimes prefer to be say, mention you should do this, 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 this rather than they just like have plenty of option to choose from. So I think that's also one thing can affect to the conversion rate as well.
1: I think one other one advice I sometimes give is ni If I had to translate to English, it would just be "It's so, uh please feel free to contact us. And like,
0: yeah. don't yeah.
1: restrain, don't feel like you're causing us uh, inconvenience. Yeah. Feel free.
0: Yeah. Japanese people like sometimes tend to... Read the, the air or atmosphere. So like we have to show that like we really open for any type of question. That kind of attitude really makes them feel, okay, I'm going to contact you. <laughs> so yeah, like just one sentence, but like it really something makes difference. Yeah, you're right.
1: And I think if the competitors, like they have a hyper optimized site, but it's actually kind of unfriendly, And people go to your site, but it's much more welcoming and friendly. Mm. I think it gives you an advantage in some cases for people who just kind of give up on those other companies.
0: Mm. Yeah, one thing I can also add is even though the company think, oh, we translate the website in Japanese, so that's okay. Also, it goes to the copywriting or maybe the actual blackness of Japanese language gives a very different atmosphere of the website so it's very obvious for me to see okay this company just used uh, not great <laughs> translation of J- English languages and then like oh that's very obvious that like they're not Japanese company okay if it's not na- native language if it it's sometimes hard and Japanese language really looking for the perfection of the language so people sometimes are very strict about the language yeah.
1: And I actually want to ask you like I've seen some foreigners create DTC sites in Japan where either the photos of Japanese people are too stocky or they use too many western people. Do you have any tips on like
0: photos of people? When it comes to, okay, like a non-Japanese company using the more Asian looking photo, yes, that totally makes sense because they wanna look like more Japanese friendly, you know, like company. And actually also Shopify did a lot of localization and changing images and everything. It's very interesting. Sometimes Japanese company trying to use more Western people for their image because they wanna, oh, we are more open, we are more American or Silicon Valley type of a really technology company, blah blah blah. They don't wanna be look like Japanese too much. Oh, so gotcha. <laughs> that's very interesting contrast.
1: Do you have any tips for using pictures of foreigners?
0: I definitely will say it should be more actual people (laughs) I mean it's very obvious that oh you took this image from the stock you know like image stock services and it's very obvious and really typical okay person from those like services sometimes "Mm, no not great so even just like asking your friend or people I I feel like oh okay they're they're actually (laughs) did this Yeah, it's kind of hard, but definitely having the Japanese people's perspective all the time and getting the feedback really helps.
1: No, I think that's really good feedback. Just Mm. doing it and actually asking Japanese people,
0: who are your target audience? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about conversion rate, how to get up the conversion rate, but I think we can think a little bit more big picture now. Yeah, Yeah. because I mean, you have a lot of experience in this, but what do you think are the key components of an e-commerce market entry launch to Japan?
0: When it comes to the research, the information we can find in English and also we can find in Japanese, definitely different. So even though you see okay, like we can we found this 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 information in English, sometimes it's not really perfect. So Again, having a person who can search or research in Japanese language. And that's really important, I would say. And that can be also the partnership with a Japanese company. Also very important, even if they speak Japanese, but it doesn't mean that it's really perfectly fit to your product or your industry.
1: People find this (laughs) funny, but I actually advise Japanese companies on how to improve their website
0: targeting (laughs) Japanese
1: consumers. (laughs) Wow. I've interviewed countrymen, but that's actually one of the biggest common mistakes is Mm -hmm. they assume that just because a person is Japanese, they understand what all Japanese people think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's also very different, like language capability and actual knowledge or understanding of the market, it's very different. So I would say having someone like you, you actually spend some time in Japan and living, you know, like just knowing a lot of people in the daily life, I think it will be very powerful. And especially because you also know that outside of Japan and inside of Japan, And then you can compare between. That's also a great perspective as well.
1: By the time this episode has come out, actually, I think the episode before this one, Mm
0: -hmm. we
1: interviewed a market researcher. Mm, And that's all they do is market research. And uh, you can learn more about market research and why it's important with uh, Andrew Edsall. And we also did an episode with Timothy Connors where he talked about product market Japan fit.
0: Mm, interesting. Where
1: you may have product market fit in your home country, but that doesn't mm. guarantee it's a fit for Japan. So you have mm. to find new product market fit for the Japanese market.
0: Mm. It also goes to the localization. Yes, like having the core value, but still sometimes like we have to customize to adjust and to fit. Yeah, the Japanese market. Even though like when we say Japanese market, as you mentioned, it's also a very different story when it comes to, okay, Tokyo or outside of Tokyo, (laughs) age, generations, gender, and the type of the company they work for. So if that person or agency or partnership or you are trying to hire, if those people can explain little tiny differences between those Thing, that person can really someone we can trust. I definitely also want to mention about the importance of um, the choosing the right channel or even platforms, because this is also not only just, you know, like people trying to enter Japanese market, but like Japanese companies really struggle when it comes to the e-commerce businesses because they already build some businesses running and making some certain profit on the specific platforms, that sometimes makes them very difficult to move to another new platforms, for example, Shopify. But depending on the platform, the capability and the flexibility and the scalability are very different. People sometimes don't realize that. So I will suggest that using the platforms which are really friendly to multilingual environment and multicultural aspect, multinational markets, having the specific platform for only Japanese market, for me, sometimes, okay, makes sense. For example, marketplaces, yes. But when it comes to D2C platforms, Definitely I will recommend Shopify, not because I just used to work for them, but because I understand how they're flexible to uh, have the stores for different markets in Japan, APAC, other Asian market, Europe, US, even Africa.
1: Have you ever found yourself having trouble creating a business plan? Do you pretty much operate on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis, creating confusion and chaos in your organization? If that sounds like you, I recommend you join my Entrepreneur Bootcamp. In my bootcamp, you will set an achievable but challenging revenue target for the current or following fiscal year, and we will create a business plan to make it a reality. See more in the show notes below. And now back to our episode. And actually, I know there's a marketplace, but do they have templates that were designed for the Japanese market rather than just using the same ones for the overseas?
0: Yes, there are some templates that's called a theme. They created the template that people can use that in Japanese. But I understand that there are many Japanese awesome. third parties, yeah, partners who are trying to build or customize Shopify for the only Japanese market. So yeah, it's, it's there's so many things happening right now.
1: <laughs> I think this, the better Shopify does, the more themes and things are built for it. Mm. And I think the other one I would say, for I guess people to understand about maybe the marketing end is Yahoo search is pretty mm-hmm. much non-existent in the West. Being search is non-existent in the West and Japan. Based on my experiences of doing SEO for companies in Japan, Mm. I would say it depends if you're in Osaka or Kanto, there's a little bit Mm -hmm. of regional differences, but Mm -hmm. I think Google is like 70% and Yahoo is like 30%. And Mm. Yahoo search is pretty much actually, it's the same thing as Google search. Mm. So if you rank on Google, you're pretty much going to have like plus or minus two in your rank Mm -hmm. on Yahoo. Mm. So if you, if you do Google SEO optimization, it will get you on Yahoo. If you do a pretty good amount of sales, and you, I would consider actually doing Yahoo mm. listing ads, or let's say, mm. uh, like like Google AdWords, but for uh, Yahoo.
0: Mm. Yeah, like Yahoo Japan is very, very unique. They only run the businesses for the Japanese market, but. It's very strong and they do a lot of different kind of businesses now. So a lot of people who just came to Japan for the first time and very surprised that what Yahoo does like this, this, this in Japan. (laughs) Literally, they do everything here. I personally really like to see the Yahoo real time search. That's called Yahoo real time in Japanese, but literally mm. if you yeah, put the, any keyword, e- even English, Japanese, whatever, but it just comes as who is tweeting about that term and who is writing the article about that. And you can search, but only from the Yahoo search engine. And that's really interesting to see. And it, you can combine the same thing from the Google and also the Yahoo.
1: Just so you can have a bigger picture of the market.
0: Yeah, from both aspects.
1: And uh, I think the other one, I'm not sure if this applies to Japanese people, but I've done Facebook ads in Japan and in the US. And I find yeah. that the cost per impression in the US is usually double for the same mm. level of engagement because mm. it's so much more competitive. Mm. And so I found that sometimes I was paying a half, sometimes even like 40% of the cost per impression with the same level of engagement.
0: Mm. When it comes to the Facebook users, I guess like these days, younger generation, I mean, not not only in Japan, but I can definitely say the unique aspect of Facebook Japan is like people using Facebook, almost like LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) this is also because like Facebook launched the businesses way before uh, LinkedIn Japan, yeah, did the launch in Japan. The former country manager of Facebook Japan used to work for Yahoo Japan again. <laughs> <He is excellent laughs> it, always,
1: it all goes back to Yahoo.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so many companies actually, yeah are related to Yahoo Japan, even though it doesn't look like it. But yeah, it's very strong Uh, and Facebook is still very active. Maybe not the teenagers, but still, if the people are like late twenties and 30, 40, 50. Yes. It's very, very active here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would definitely target uh, for Facebook. And uh, if I was targeting like teenagers, I'll say up until 25, Mm. I would, I would probably be targeting Instagram. Mm, Yeah, definitely. So I've I've had interviewed staff and like uh, I've interviewed Japanese staff and like Mm -hmm. use Facebook to use Facebook. And I found that I think anyone now under 26,
0: Mm.
1: like I think under 25 is definitely no. But if it's (laughs) 25 to 29, it's that's still kind of like the uh, most likely not range. Yeah, Unless they have foreigner friends who they use it to contact with.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Do you have any other tips for foreigners who would like to do e-commerce in Japan?
0: If people are never been to Japan but trying to launch the business in Japan, I really, really recommend <laughs> to come to Japan once <laughs> and then to see how people are like handling their language capability in English or versus Japanese and also yeah how the thing are running businesses and everything i don't think there are many company think in this way but i was told that when the hong kong or singapore those people are using english perfectly why do we have to like translate the website into japanese language why and i was like very surprised like <laughs> well <laughs> and i even had to Convince or explain why Japanese people need Japanese language. And then it was very interesting moment. So when it comes to the Asian market, but still Korea, China, Japan, of course, it's very different. Explaining the differences among the countries takes a lot of time when, especially when the people never been to Eastern part of the world. Trying to maybe like, yes, like absorb the information using some keyword in Japanese, even though you don't understand the language, but maybe trying to use the Google Translate. Yeah, trying to figure out what kind of information or web design actually exists on the internet. And then Rakuten Ichiba, Rakuten Marketplace, it's a really good start (laughs) to see the website design.
1: And uh, kind of my thoughts for Japan market is either you go big or you don't go at all. If you're arguing about localization, mm. then probably Japan's not the market because if you want to go yeah. big, localization yeah. is a key part of it.
0: Yeah. And... yeah. Initial cost, I think uh, it's a long-term investment because like l- translating the website in Japanese means that the company have to keep hiring the people like who capable of japanese language customer support and website and the website update everything like needs to be done by the person who understands japanese so i think that's a big decision and big investment but it's still the good size of the market
1: i think in pretty much chatbots like doesn't really have much penetration here right mm. I'm not too familiar with it, but do you know if like chatbots have as much penetration here versus overseas?
0: Mm. Well, I would say um, definitely if the generation is younger, it's or startup field, it's more common to see those like chatbot or more uh, e-commerce or IT or technology and everything but generally speaking yes penetration rate of e-commerce in japan is still not that high surprisingly even though people feel or have the image oh japan is like technology robotic country but the reality is still very sometimes low when it comes to the countryside of japan definitely i guess understanding the market with statistics numbers but also maybe actually experiencing the country by them their eyes and like it's very meaningful <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i guess my last question would be do you have any tips on doing campaigns or point systems
0: <laughs> japanese company or people love loyalty point but it should be like functional like. I don't think even though like, oh, it has it comes with a point, it doesn't mean that like a company can attract the many people. So it should be like logical way to attract even without the the points, maybe the gift card or discount card or maybe introducing somebody and that kind of incentive uh, structure can work. So I guess that part, can be also utilized many things from like Western market, especially like US market, can be applied in the Japanese market as well, because sometimes a Japanese platform, e-commerce platforms are not really made for that kind of campaign. Personally, I don't like point, but when it comes to Rakuten point, it's a totally different story. People live with that. (laughs) That's a entire new ecosystem. <laughs> gotcha.
1: Do you know if it's possible to connect your e-commerce business maybe with Rakuten Point without being on their platform or any
0: other points? Uh, uh, when it comes to Shopify, they, they actually have integration with Rakuten Marketplace or people can yeah sell on Rakuten using Shopify store. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's a very unique integration. That's huge. Very huge, yeah. Yeah. So I guess like having this system um, for the people to earn their Rakuten point, that can be very strong um, aspect. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, I'm glad I asked that um, (laughs) because I've heard it's not actually that easy to get on Rakuten compared Mm. to like Amazon. So if Shopify can do it, that's amazing.
0: Our team have worked uh, so hard to do localization <laughs> and like it took a lot of time and years, a lot of efforts. But I really yeah, like respect and very um, my team and like we did a great job, I guess.
1: <laughs> sama and in return for all the hard work, even for Shopify and <laughs> I guess the e-commerce, do you have any requests, asks and where can they find you?
0: Oh, yeah. So I love social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, of course. Facebook, if you love Facebook. (laughs) but I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram, especially. So just feel free to send me any message or request just to connect. I'm currently based in Europe, but I'm actually moving to U.S., and then trying to explore more other markets. So, personally, I would love to share what I'm everyday life like seeing and thinking, and like as a perspective of Japanese person. And it will be interesting. So, yeah.
1: We'll definitely link to uh, your LinkedIn profile in the show notes.
0: Oh, that would be great. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Arisa.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.